And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, Aaron, what do you got for a poll question? Who was the star of the Hard Knocks premiere? So your choices are Buda Baker, DeAndre Hopkins, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, J.J. Watt, or other. And before we answer, okay, I will say that Cliff's house looks just as good as the picture that was leaked on draft night a couple years ago. So... <laughs> The best part of Cliff's house was when he he talked about how he likes to have open space, and all I could think was that's how he runs his offense. Like it's like the open spaces, and he has <laughs> open spaces. Good, in his Luke. House. I didn't even think of that's that. That's all I could think. This is a theme in this guy's life. Uh, I'm pretty sure our, our show answer is going to be Buddha Baker, right? For who stole episode one? Yeah. Um, let me just say quickly though, the Leo painting on the wall was very cool. I thought that was very cool. You need one of like a wolf. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Tail yeah. Mel, um, with a crown on, right? Uh, they, yeah. yeah, that'd be kind of yeah, cool. Just take an actual photo of a wolf with a crown on. Yeah, that, that, that'd be great. Um, Buddha, Buddha, Buddha. I would say Buddha and D-Hop runner-up. So 75% say Buddha Baker, 10% say Other, 6% J.J. Watt, 5% DeAndre Hopkins, 3% Cliff Kingsbury, 1% Kyler Murray. And I do think that J.J. Watt may have gotten that vote because of what he said to Buda Baker on the sideline when Buda was talking to that little girl. And then he said to the little girl, we need to get you a number three jersey. And then J.J. was like, well, why don't you give her yours? Same size. And Buda was like, oh, he's got jokes. That's great, yeah. Wow, who would other be? I'm trying to think who is other. The very, place. very cool, though. Yeah. I would. I probably would have gone Buddha and then Hopkins, and then I actually might have even gone Kyler third. At least get to learn a little bit about Kyler as a person. Yeah, no, I think I'd follow in that order yeah. as well. Uh, okay, this was your first time watching Hard Knocks, Wolf, and you said earlier what stood out was just how well they tell the story. And and honestly, man, this is this is why I will watch Hard Knocks of the Lions in preseason, knowing full well that team's not going to win more than five games at most, and probably. Why not even that? Now, it's because of how they tell the story. Yeah, first of all, the disclaimer once again. Uh, Basin onions, I'm sorry, but as a player, uh, I would not want cameras and microphones in the locker room. No way. No way, man. That is, that is to me, that is... Um hallowed ground, so to speak. Um, That's an area where I want to walk around and I want to be myself. And I don't want to worry about a microphone or a camera that is on because people start acting differently when there's a microphone and a camera that are on. They start acting differently. They start saying things. Sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse. So, um, having said that, and getting that disclaimer out of the way, as a player not wanting cameras and microphones in the locker room, 
Can I tell you, watching it, I was blown away. <laughs> this is like the first time that I've really watched the NC. This is the first time. Yes, I have seen clips from time to time, very much like Zoe. Zoe was in here early. He was talking about that. Yeah, I've seen a clip here or there, but I've never watched the episode, and I was blown away at the professionalism <laughs> that it was done with and um, the creativity as well. Man, the editing of that is art. It really is. They're they're so good at building the the tension and the drama. And you mentioned before, like that opening scene. Okay, they're walking off the field, just lost to Minnesota. There's got to be a camera guy following Kyler Murray off the field, down the hall, all the way down the hall, around the corner, into his into the locker room, into his stall. In that exact moment, obviously, like that's. That's Dude, huge. Man, dude's running with him. Yeah. Uh, does Kyler look upset? He doesn't look real happy. He looks upset. Yeah. And the dude's running alongside of him like yeah. this, right? I mean, do you, do you want to say anything? Would you say anything? No, you can't say anything. I think you HBO can't. probably doesn't want you to say anything They don't either. want you to say anything. They just want you to. So all of a sudden, you're just going to do it. You know, you, 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 <laughs> you got to be okay with that, too. You got to be okay with that. I, I was impressed, man. I was blown away. Um, the editing, too. and It's the fly on the wall that you always say, like, I'd like to be on the, the fly yeah, on the wall for that conversation. It's why fans should love this. The other thing I will say, too, and I've heard quite a few players say this in the past, Obviously, Kyler Murray's walking off the field. He sees the guy with the camera walking. But as the, as this goes on, I've heard a lot of players say they forget that the cameras are there. The, the ones they have set up in the coach's office, like up in the corner, like there's certain ones they just have set up in the facility. There's not a cameraman. There's just a camera that's been sitting there, which by the end of this, this run, it's going to have been there for three months. So you're going to see more honest moments of guys don't even remember the cameras there. Or maybe don't even know the cameras there at some point. Um that was huge, and I thought when they they showed they showed the, what DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray were arguing about on the sidelines, but I thought they did a good job of showing how open Hopkins was on the play before they even referenced that. Yeah. Right? Like you, they just show a clip, and there's like, oh, Hopkins was open on that play, yeah. and then they go to the sidelines, almost like it's almost like it's a a, a movie, for lack of a better yes. term. And once again, even though um, jaw-to-jaws happen all the time on the sideline, and I've been included and participated in a lot of those jaw-to-jaws in my life. You don't say. Um, it, it, was, it was cool to see it. Uh, two guys that um, are high-profile high profile guys inside that locker room. And yet, you know, they were trying to have a disagreement, um, trying to have some type of conversation in regard to what happened on that play. And Zoe was talking about this earlier, and it was it was awesome to hear it, man. He blew me away, his take on that, yeah. looking at it. And um, I never thought of that, man. I, I, I never thought. I thought it was great that they were having it out, but I never thought that D Hop was the one who was under control and that Kyler was, hey, you know, calm down. Tell him to calm down. Yeah. I'll get you the ball. I'll get you the ball. The only thing I would say in Kyler's defense in that situation, Luke, would be maybe D Hop has done this multiple well, times. Because he before. is always open. <laughs> well, I'm just, no, maybe yeah. he's done it multiple times maybe before. Maybe he has. When he hasn't been open. True, but he's open when he's covered. 
covered too. That's the other thing. But exactly right. The, the thing when, when and, and again, I don't know that. I'm just saying. Well, he's, a, he's a good receiver. They usually want the fair, ball. Sure and I want to be up. fair. I'd rather be fair. When you watch I'm it, right. when you watch it live, it looked like it looked like Kyler was the one freaking out. And then when you see it on Hard Knocks, you realize D Hop's actually the one that initiated the conversation. Yeah. Kyler still looks like he's the one of the two freaking out, so it was interesting to hear him yell, calm down. Calm down. <laughs> because Hopkins never changes his expression at any point in his life. But yeah, it was that was um that was we may never have known what happened there if the hard knocks cameras weren't rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's not like it's not vital to their season, but I thought that was interesting. And I want to—I don't know if we have time to play this clip, but DeAndre Hopkins, when he was uh, at the the restaurant with Isaiah Simmons, talking so about cool. how he felt like he let the team down with the PAD suspension, and later on when he was talking to Sean Jefferson, asking if he could still get into the Hall of Fame. I, I honestly, DeAndre Hopkins would be my second big winner of that yeah. show last night because I just think we learned something about him. No, you're right, Matt. I'm with you on that one right there. I, I am really, really. Um, excited in terms of DeAndre Hopkins and what it is that I think he is going to continue to bring to this team this year. Um, I'm not talking about wins and losses. I'm not. It's an attitude, man. It's an attitude that's got to permeate this locker room and continue to do that. The culture of this team has got to go ahead and continue to develop and not stand pat. If they stand pat, they're never going to get better. If they allow it to develop, they will. That's the one thing Hard Knocks in season will do, though, is it amplifies everything, right? Like, you watch that game, or you watch the show last night, and you're like, this team should be better than this. They shouldn't be 3-6. and six. Like, you do have to relive a loss when you watch it after they've lost a game. If they would have won, it would have been great. You're reliving a win, but you're reliving it from all these different angles, and you're getting more answers as to why stuff's happening. But that that's the other takeaway. You watch that, and you're like, this team has a lot of talent. They shouldn't be 3-6. and six. Yeah. Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction are coming to the Footprint Center for the Spirits on Fire Tour, November 18th. Head to the contest page now on ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, we're going to help you set your fantasy football lineups with our fantasy reality check for Week 10. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke present Fantasy Reality Check, where fantasy football gets a reality check from 10-year NFL fullback, four-time pro bowler, Ron Wolfley. All right, Fantasy Football Week 10 about to begin tonight with uh, Carolina Atlanta. So, okay, do the math here, Wolf. Now it's a 17-game season. Most fantasy football regular seasons go like 13 weeks, and the playoffs start week 14. Okay. Maybe push it back one more, you know, depending now with the uh, the extra week. Um, I, I want to try and work the Thursday night game, game in every time we do this. I don't know who on Atlanta is good. Atlanta just keeps winning, but nobody's really having a good year statistically. Maybe that's why they're doing well. I cannot wait to watch the Atlanta Falcons, especially tonight. Can't wait to watch them. And the reason being is because of the blending of the old and the new. Watch it. Yeah, you've, watch it, you've pointed them up uh, out before as a team to keep an eye on. It's just, just kind of cool to actually see it. Marcus Mariota, ladies and gentlemen, what are you doing taking a snap under center? Interesting. The blending of the old and the new. They do it all. I love it. Shotgun, pistol, under center. Here we go. We're not going to be content. We're not going to put ourselves in a box. We're going to blow that box up. 
I love it, man. I would say if you're looking for a starting running back, if Chuba Hubbard doesn't play, Deontay Foreman has been pretty good. If Chuba Hubbard does play, do you really want to be using a running back by committee in Carolina for your fantasy football team? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Uh, Minnesota and Buffalo. This is an interesting game this weekend, Wolf, because Josh Allen, I would say, is highly questionable to play in this one with the UCL injury. And we don't know where this is going to go. It's an elbow injury in his throwing arm. He may miss a game. He may not miss any games. He's listed as day-to-day. He could miss, I don't know, I mean, it's a UCL injury. That could be not good at all. (laughs) That could be really, really bad right there. And it's one of the reasons why Josh has got to start taking care of his body better on the football field. You just can't throw it around. You you cannot do it, man. I, I love his competitiveness. I love the fact that he is tough. He is a tough guy. Um, you just got to pick your spots as to when to show that competitiveness and that toughness. Well, you brought this up earlier. Minnesota's defense is legitimately good. And first of all, this is a, a losable game for Buffalo. If they don't have Josh Allen, it's not like, oh, they don't have Josh Allen, but they're playing Detroit. They're playing Minnesota, who has one loss. Yes. Minnesota actually has a better record than Buffalo. Uh, but if they don't have Josh Allen, look, you're still starting Stephon Diggs on your fantasy football team. I don't know who else on Buffalo I'd feel real confident starting against that Minnesota defense. And where is this game again? This game is in Buffalo. Oh, okay. It's in Buffalo. Yeah. Um, you know what? This time Break of out year, the too, chairs. especially when November comes rolling around, get ready for the snow. There's a wind that comes off the lake, Lake Erie, and it gets nasty. And the snow can come down and drizzle this time of year as well and then freeze on the ground. Get ready for that. Because you mean that's real snow? Coming. Yeah, I'm talking about sleet, not the fake snow Minnesota was dropping out of no, their stealing. No, from the I'm talking about real stuff. Okay. This time of year, November gets nasty and OP. Yeah, the uh, this like the the fantasy tips that win you your leagues are being aware of stuff like that. If it's going to really be nasty weather, you probably could avoid those kickers, right? Yeah, I don't. You don't want to be stacking players expecting a high scoring game. Look, if Josh Allen's playing, you're playing all the bills that you have. But if Josh Allen isn't playing, that's a huge unknown. Detroit at Chicago, not typically a game you would put anywhere near five-star games, but for the purposes of fantasy football, Wolf, the top-scoring quarterbacks over the last month, number four is Tua, number three is Joe Burrow. This is points per game in fantasy football. Number one is Patrick Mahomes, as you would expect. Number two is Justin Fields. That's that's the, uh, the production Justin Fields is putting up right now, averaging basically 31 fantasy points per game and facing Detroit this week. Yeah, Detroit. How are they doing defensively? Not, well, <laughs> against Aaron Rodgers, they're fine, but against everybody else, not so great. Oh, my goodness. Number 32 in yards per game allowed and number 32 in yards per play allowed. That's not and great. By the way, they're giving up almost 30 points a game. The Detroit Lions. Also not great. So, I would say right now, yeah, they don't look good. This might be the this might be the game you want to get Justin Fields going. That's the thing, Justin. This is like the ultimate fantasy football dilemma because you didn't draft Justin Fields as your starting quarterback, right? You probably I don't know who you would have taken as your maybe you have Dak Prescott as your starter and Justin Fields as your backup. Probably playing Justin Fields now, right? That's what I'm saying, right? Now all of a sudden he's after wow, what are you becoming, Justin Fields? Here's one for you. Would you start Justin Fields or Kyler Murray? 
Assuming Kyler plays. Okay, you got Kyler Murray with a hamstring issue. I'm going with Justin you Fields. You go with Fields, right? I mean, you're yeah, not, against Detroit? Yeah. Fa- yeah. Fantasy football isn't necessarily who's the best player. It's who's who's going to get you the stats with the best matchup. And Justin Heck Fields yeah. is, is primed. Jacksonville and Kansas City. Uh, everybody scrambles to get... Patrick Mahomes' top receiver in every fantasy football draft. And with no Tyree Kill, it was like, okay, it's probably Juju. Maybe it'll be Marcus Valdez-Scantling. Whoever else you might pick up. This is separate from Travis Kelsey. Juju, over the last four weeks, is the number six receiver in fantasy football ahead of Cooper Cup. Like, some of the guys he's scoring more points than, it's it's an eye-opener. It seems pretty clear that uh, Mahomes has found his guy, doesn't it? Kelsey's obviously his guy. But as far as receivers on Kansas City... Juju is up there. Again, this is over the last four weeks. He's outscoring Cooper Cup in points per game. He's outscoring Jalen Waddell. He's outscoring Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Like, these are some big names. He's outscoring everybody except Stephon Diggs, D-Hop, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, and Jamar Chase. So, Chase isn't even playing anymore. So, I, I just want to go to the, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes. Is that what you said right there? Um, fun game. Interesting, because do you want to start Trevor Lawrence in a situation like this? Because as you could see where Trevor Lawrence is going to be throwing the ball a lot. Which typically you want. Because even if he throws an interception, yeah. he'll, he should get the points back. Okay, once again, I'm just saying... Um the Jaguars know how to run the ball. They do it very, very well. As a matter of fact, um, they're in the top ten in rushing yards per game and rushing yards per play. Actually, in the top five in rushing yards per play. But right in the middle of the pack in terms of throwing the ball. But I could see them being down in that game. And Trevor Lawrence, um, given the opportunity to throw the ball against the Kansas City Chiefs, their offensive line has played very, very well. Yeah. They're elite when it comes to sacks per attempt so they could protect Trevor Lawrence. I don't know how you score points as a quarterback. Volume's um, always better. Okay, unless, well, you're, unless you have a terrible game. There's a guy you might want to consider. Trevor Lawrence actually throwing the ball. Trevor Lawrence is, a, is an interesting one because you want to talk about being wrong about somebody. I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to be really good. And I get that it's still early in his career, but he has just kind of been, eh, you know, he's just kind of been average. We talked about it with Max Starks yesterday. If you were just redrafting in real life, not fantasy in real life, if you were redrafting the quarterbacks in last year's class, Lawrence wouldn't be number one. Justin Fields would be number one right now. Um, we'll see how that plays out. But how do you think that game goes? Because my other stat on that one is Travis Etienne has been the number six running back in fantasy scoring over the last month. I'm guessing Jacksonville wants to run and run and run, but you don't get to dictate how the game goes against the Chiefs, typically. No, you don't. And once again, I could see the Jaguars being down in that game. And anytime you're running the ball, especially in the second half when you're down in a game, and they could be down by two possessions or more, you're basically slitting your own throat, metaphorically speaking. Uh, quickly on the Cardinals-Rams game, in terms of uh, fantasy impact, Zach Ertz, the number five tight end over the last month. I like to use last month stats when it comes to fantasy football because everything changes every couple weeks. It's, okay. it's, it's the wolf rule. Okay. Give me the last four games. The, when exactly. you put four games on tape, that's what you're using. And the Cardinals' defense, and I don't know what to make of this, but in terms of fantasy scoring, which is typically pretty accurate with, with the good defenses, the Cardinals are number six in the NFL, their defense in terms of fantasy scoring. That's 
pretty good indicator that they have overachieved this year, or at least exceeded expectations. Yeah. Let's put it that way. No, you're right about that, Matt. Because the other teams in front of them are Dallas, New England, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and San Francisco. All all teams that I think are widely regarded as having pretty good defenses. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back with how stacked the Western Conference is this year. Just how important is it for the Suns to win regular season games against playoff teams like they did last night? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, Suns back at it tomorrow in Orlando. They uh, they have the new City Edition jerseys, which these are the ones that were leaked, uh, I want to say like a month, probably even more than a month ago. Uh, but they are up there now. Um... I don't know what I don't know what I think of these wolf. I, I you raised the bar with the valley jerseys, and so it's hard for me to compare anything to that. The valley jersey to me was like the perfect alternate jersey you could have. Yeah. But you, can I just say this? Yeah. Did you like the valley jersey when it came out immediately? Yeah. I, that, I, but I, but I hear what you're saying. That's like the yeah, one time it happened. Because a lot of people didn't like them to begin with. A lot of people thought they looked funny, but then they started winning. It's like, oh, I love the Valley jerseys. Now they got to wear the Valley jerseys all the time. Well, yeah, that's, that's yeah, fair. Pixelated. I kind of like that yeah. right there. The pixelated Valley, right? <laughs> the Valley jersey. Just, yeah. yeah they, it's kind of cool. It, it's, it's tough I like to it immediately. a good third jersey that's different, but you can instantly tell who it is, right? Like, oh, yeah, just by the colors. And yeah, and so you're right though, Aaron, like most, most jerseys take a while to grow on you, so we'll see with the uh, the new city editions. They, um, they're like light blue, got some orange, red. It's it's different. It doesn't see, look like the See, that's the suns. reason why I don't like it. Because it doesn't because instantly evoke suns? It's light blue. <laughs> <laughs> it's light blue. I, who likes light blue? Um, um, some people do. Especially when you're, not, when you're out there competing right now. I mean, light blue, that's not the that's not the color you want to wear. Well, you want black, you want red. I mean, you know where I'm going to come out on you this. You want blue. I always want the black jersey and the black shirt. You don't want black You don't want powder blue. Well, there you go. You're getting powdered blue, so that's the way it is. Uh, it doesn't really matter though to Maloney's point. As long as they keep winning, I don't care what they wear. You know, this picture I mean, the Chargers wear powdered blue. See, I like the Chargers uniforms. No, stop it. I mean, obviously I like the Black Cardinals uniforms better. I like the Raiders Soft uniforms. Is butter. This the this other view of it um does look a lot better with the red and the black down the side. I'm, I'm easily influenced by anything with, with a black on the jersey. They will play Orlando tomorrow, and Mikel Bridges came up big for the Suns last night. They got a convincing win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. That is a team that you could feasibly see in the first round of the playoffs. There's definitely a path where, hey, the Suns finish second in the Western Conference, and Minnesota comes out of the play-in tournament, and that's who the Suns are playing in the first round. Like Minnesota is, is certainly that good of a team, and the Suns are already 2-0 and against them. We were having this conversation earlier, Wolf. These games, you know, as much as, as much as my instinct is to say, be careful with Chris Paul, don't rush Cam Johnson or anybody back when they're coming back from injury because you're a playoff team and that's what matters this year. Yeah. The, the regular season's going to matter in the Western Conference more than you would like because there are, like... Five really good teams, three other teams that could be really good, and then probably three other teams that could cause some damage, too. Yeah. Um, so I do want to say that the 
jerseys, they didn't just pick those colors for, you know, randomly. So the turquoise color is symbolic and those uniforms honor 20 Arizona's 22 federally recognized indigenous tribes with that symbolic okay, turquoise so color. I like it. Yeah. That I, I like it when there's like meaning. There's a to meaning it. behind yeah. it. It's not like, oh, let's just throw on a purple oh, we are purple. So, let's just throw on a red jersey. No. There's a meaning no. behind it, so I think it's pretty cool. No, the meaning is very, very cool. There's no doubt about that, but you asked me if I like the way that it looks, and I do not like the way that it looks because it's powder blue, and, and you're talking about the Phoenix Suns. So, yeah, yeah no, there's meaning behind it. That's great. Um, I, I applaud that. Uh, I'm just talking aesthetically looking at it right now. You're talking about the Suns. They're wearing powdered blue. It's the Chargers. It's gonna, I'm not going to wear powdered it's blue. It takes some time it to looks, get used to. That, I mean, turquoise. Okay, yeah, that's powdered blue to me. <laughs> I just, I think the the standard by which all alternate jerseys are going to be measured now is the Valley jersey, and I hate that I'm not seeing that anymore. Yeah. They can, you can wear eight different jerseys. That's fine. You can introduce this one. You can introduce other new ones. That's fine. But I just want to see the Valley jersey. Yeah. So. It's kind of like I loved it, man. The brown jersey for the Cleveland Browns wearing that thing. It was just so nasty. It was it was one of the nastiest jerseys that um, anybody ever wore. And still to this day, it's still one of the nastiest jerseys. Yeah, you don't see a lot of brown, brown jerseys. Just, Wyoming mean, and the Browns. Honestly, you would go out onto a football field wearing the colors of the diarrhea spectrum. It's not good, basically. See, on that Trust right me there, that I feel like, based on that alone, there are people that feel just as strongly about not wearing a brown jersey as you would about wearing see, but a I, powder see, I blue I love that, jersey. though. I did, with the orange helmet and, you know, the brown jersey and the different shades of brown, whatever it may be. See, I love going out there because you did look nasty. Yes. You looked dirty already. It's it's a matter of personal preference, and everybody's different, except the Valley jersey should be universally loved because that is one of the best jerseys in sports. You keep talking about it over and over yeah, and over again. Right. You're not going to come off the pixelated Valley. <laughs> I'm not. That's the perfect jersey. Uh, all right, James Jones, Burns and Gambo yesterday talked about the fact he doesn't feel pressure to make a move right away. I'm always monitoring that, but I mean, I can't, you know, like knee-jerk reaction to just go and try to short-term just throw someone in the mix doesn't make sense for us. Uh, we have guys that have been a part of this and guys that are, are playing. You know, it's a tough spot for us, but we go as, as Chris, Devin, Mikhail, and DeAndre go. Um, you know, the rest of our guys have been been great. You know, I, I understand the Jay Crowder situation and, and being light with the forwards with Cam. Uh, we will address that at some point, um, but in the short term, we're just going to make sure when we address it, we address it with an eye towards the long term. <laughs> so he's not Love in any that, rush. That's brilliant right there. In the short term, we're going to go ahead and address it with an eye towards the long term. That's right. We want, we want everything. <laughs> That's fantastic right there. In the short term, in other words, we're going to approach this and we're going to do it with an eye towards the long term and we're going to bring about change um, and it's not going to be old change. It's going to be new change. All right. Young I, change. I try to be careful with how much I throw this name around. But that doesn't sound like we want to go out and add Kevin Durant. If Ooh, you're talking about. Man, you know what? Honestly, right now. Right. I mean, or, see, I said goodbye to Kevin Durant. 
weeks ago. Yeah, I know, I know. Dare I say months ago. Or they don't want to give up assets now because they know they have to wait until, what, January 17th. Yeah. So they got to look at the short term and ah, the long term. Yeah, the short term. In the short term, they have to look long term. <laughs> can't give up picks now if you need to have them all in January. Tyler. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, I still think, though, that what he just said right there is really deep. You want to talk about speaking median? That is, that's fantastic, He spoke James. such median that I don't even know. He went, like, far right and far left at the same time. Boom! Your head just exploded. I, I don't know if you meant to do that, James, but I'm going to need tomorrow off to recover from what you just said. You know what? Honestly, right there, that 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 is... That is the audio sound of what it felt like to bust up a wedge. <laughs> that is audio the, wedge busting. That is the audio sound right there. <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just Well, so am I reading too much into it? If I, I Maybe you don't even need to put Kevin Durant in this conversation. Maybe that is just don't expect James Jones to go out and quickly make a move for a vet tomorrow. Maybe that's it. Maybe, that's right. That's what I'm thinking. It, it sounds, though, it also sounded in there like expect a move before the trade deadline at some point. Yeah. And maybe that's the right play. Maybe it is, it's wait, especially because so much is in flux right now. Maybe it is wait and see what you ultimately need. You know, fifty games into the season, not eleven games into the season. Yeah, I think that'd be that's a prudent way to proceed right now at this point. Uh, one more from James Jones talking about uh, not ruling out adding anybody though. No, I haven't. I haven't excluded any of those guys. It's just you know, like so many names and so many you know players. Where do they fit? Like, where do they play? How do they fit with us? You know, there there are decisions and questions beyond just can a guy play? And so. Um, like I said, we'll we'll continue to look at it. This is a long season, and we do have an outlook that you know we need to be our best, playing our best, as strong as possible as we reach the playoffs. I have to think as a GM, the question you're most tired of of answering is, "Hey, you going to add somebody?" Yeah, right. I mean, that's all that's all we all want to ask any GM. Hey, when are you going to add somebody? We had Steve Kime on last week. Hey, why didn't you add somebody? Yeah. That's, that's, they must get that question everywhere they go. You know what I love? James Jones, again, I've said this many times, but you could hear it right there again. He, he's not just going to look at the talent. He's not just going to look at that. He is not. He values so much more than just what a guy, from a talent perspective, can bring to a basketball team. I love his approach. Love that, man. As a former player, he'll never come off that. Yeah, he's been pretty consistent with it, which is one of the best qualities you can have as a GM. Join Kona Big Wave this Sunday for a Red Sea Road Rally as the Cardinals take on the L.A. Rams. Enjoy great prizes, ticket giveaways, and food specials all game long this Sunday at Phillies off Scottsdale Road. All right, when we come back, what are the Cardinals supposed to do on defense without Buda Baker? Well, Vance Joseph just talked about that, and we'll get you what he said next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So it looks like uh, news out of San Francisco, Jason Barrett, torn Achilles out for the season after he just worked his way back. Okay. So. That sucks, Buttermilk. Yeah. It does. That's, uh, Hate to see that for him. Team built around defense and even just, yeah, on a personal level, working his way all the way back. Yeah. Really good player. Every time he gets going, he gets hurt, and he's just working his way back toward uh, ACL. Uh, 
to the Cardinals and to Vance Joseph, who, I'll be honest, Wolf, every time... Every time I hear Vance Joseph now, I'm just going to hear him screaming, we talked about the boot. But he did say other things today, and he answered the question that you would expect him to be asked today. Um, how are you going to beat the Rams if you don't even have Buda Baker? Obviously, Buda's a great player. He's having great years. So we won't be better without Buda, but you know, that's, that's part of the game. Uh, guys get nicked. We've got some veteran guys that we trust, some Banjo and Chuck Washington. So, you know, we'll move on. Obviously, you know, Buddha, you can't replace Buddha. I mean, he's having a great year, obviously. So um, it won't be good for us, but we'll move on and play. Yeah, Chris Banjo, of course, and Charles Washington. Those two guys, I think uh, Charles Washington has been activated from the IR list. He's designated to return, I should say, off that list. Uh, that's a window that is open right now. And I expect him to actually get the majority of reps in Buddha's position. But it could be Isaiah Simmons as well. Yeah. How do you feel about Isaiah Simmons potentially doing it? I, 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 don't, I don't want him doing it. I don't it. want him to either. He, he only has, um, I believe it's nine reps technically at the safety position. Nine reps. So it's not like he's playing a ton there to begin with. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's finally kind of locking in yeah, at one no, position. Yeah, man. Absolutely. And Except that's where I'd like to see him. Last night on Hard Knocks, he was in the DB's meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And he sure. has been. He's been with the DBs the entire training camp. He were, he goes out individuals, yeah. individual drill with the DBs. I yeah. mean, it's what he's been. And, you know, um, yet at the same time, he does line up in the box as well. They might not have a choice. I mean, and you heard Vance Joseph say it right there. I thought Zoe hit the nail on the head when he was in here earlier. You're not asking... Charles Washington to be Buda Baker. You can't. Yeah. It, it, you, it's not even a knock on anybody. Nobody's going to be Buda Baker. You're just asking them to come in and do their job. But the reality is, Wolf, if they, if, if whoever comes in does their job and they do it really well, that's perfect. You did the job of a safety. You're still losing something as a defense because you don't have Buda running around, cleaning up any mistakes anybody made, you know, hitting another level, like going above and beyond on defense, basically. You're just not going to have that for at least a week. And not only that, the impact he has on his teammates as well. Yeah. Uh, more from Vance Joseph. They, of course, asked him if he watched Hard Knocks. I watched a little bit. My son was watching it last time when I walked in about 10, 15. He was up watching it and laughing and having a good time with it, so he enjoyed it. I hate watching those kind of things, but I you know, I've, I saw about 10 minutes of it. It looked pretty fun, I guess, you know. They asked him about the bootleg moment. My son informed me <laughs> that I was being pretty wild and, you know, being being a nut job on game day, but, you know, it's, it's an emotional game, you know. I'm not afraid to say I'm emotional on game. I want to win. You know, that weekly investment is heavy. You know, so if they score one point, man, my soul just leaves my body every time they score. So I might embarrass to say I'm emotional on game day. I'm not. I mean, it's, it's who I am. I thought there was a lot of good stuff in that episode, Wolf. But if you're if you're if you were trying to cut it down, and we did this for that segment we did earlier in the show with, when we did Hard Knocks with Hard Rock of like what was the best soundbite? Yeah, I think Vance Joseph because it was just such a raw. It was a human moment. It was a yeah, we prepared for this, and I'm watching it happen uh, yes. against us in my right in real time in front of my very own eyes. Yeah, you know, one of the other great moments too was Bill Davis, Billy Davis, when he was saying, "Can we, can can we play like Buddha?" Can somebody go out and work harder and play like Buddha? Yeah, I have it right here. Man, I want to challenge you guys. Somebody play harder than Buddha in a game. Watch where this comes from here. Try to play harder. What kind of defense would we have? 
<laughs> Good just, luck answering that question. <laughs> you know, this is this is what's great about it, though. Once again, being in that paradigm, the fact that you can impact your teammates. So many guys, you can impact guys. You don't even know you're impacting them just based on how you play. It is a beautiful thing. And other coaches, whether they're your coach or not, or somebody on the other side of the ball, is pointing to it saying, look at what this guy does. Watch how he plays. Why don't you play like that, man? Why don't you do that? That was, you know, that that is one of the highest compliments you can get is when a coach that doesn't even coach you, your position room, says and points out you to other players. Why don't you play like this? Yeah. It is, you know, I mean, think about it. That's the kind of impact that a guy like Buda Baker has. That's the kind of impact a guy like J.J. Watt has. That's the kind of impact a guy like D. Hop has. That's uh, Watt's a great example, too, because if you're on the, the Cardinals defense, you're Zach Allen, right? And, and I'm trying to show Zach Allen something. If, I'm, if, if to show him, I'm like, why can't you be more like Aaron Donald in L.A.? Okay, well, yeah, everybody yeah. wants to. How, why can't you be more about J.J. Watt, who's standing right next to you and is your teammate? And I'm just Zach Allen's having a really good year. I'm just using him as an example of. I, I think it's 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 got to resonate more when when your coach is talking about your teammate and a guy you line up with, as opposed to some guy that plays on a team you see once every two or three years, or maybe is a guy that played 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Um, and just for context, but, but too. Again, I just want to say this quickly: um, you can't beat J.J. Watt. You, you you are not given the gifts that J.J. Watt has been given, okay? Um, you can't be Buddha Baker. You're not given the gifts that Buddha has, um, but you can try. And did you guys notice that whenever J.J. Watt was shown... Zach Allen was right there. In every single meeting, Zach Allen was sitting yeah, next to J.J. Watt, and yeah. I loved that. It's <laughs> pretty good influence to have no, for man, a young player. I was just going to say that, too, Mel, the same thing. It just it shows you the impact that a guy can have when he's not even trying to impact his teammates. A lot of times, the impact is, okay, you're watching him. Your eyes are on this guy that models um, everything you want to be. And he models it for everybody else. He's not trying to. He's just being himself. That's what's awesome about that. That's the way it impacts him. Well, because you have proof that what J.J. Watt, and you're right, you can't just be him by doing what he does. But you but can try like him. Yeah, because you you have proof. His, his career is, is proof of, hey, this is what I do. And look at what I've accomplished in the league. This is no. how I get ready on Tuesday for it, and this is what I accomplish on Sundays. You know, it's not that you don't listen when your coach says, "Hey, do this, and you'll be great on Sundays." But when they can point to JJ Watt and be like, "This is what he's doing," and you've seen what he's done in this league for over a decade now. So, yeah, um, if he tries this hard, can you well, that's try this hard? See, the, the, it's that's what it always comes down to is the effort. It's not the gifts that you've been given. The gifts that you've been given comes out more when you try harder. Never forget that. That's the other part with that Billy Davis quote. Look how hard Buddha's trying. Why can't you try as hard as him? Why can't you just try as hard as Buddha? Uh, all right, that will do it for us here today. Thanks to Lorenzo Alexander for joining us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney and Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.